So hopefully today we will come to a maskana, a conclusion on the discussion regarding kashwing dishwashers for Pesach. So we mentioned there are several topics when it comes to kashwing dishwashers. The first two we spoke about at length that most dishwashers have a plastic material in it, the racks, or sometimes even the walls are made out of plastic. So we, uh, at length, we discussed why one is able to kosher plastic. And the second issue is the cracks and crevices and grooves. So we said as long as you do an, uh, a visual inspection and you're comfortable that there's no place for the chametz to get stuck, so then there will be no problem on that end with koshering a dishwasher. The... Uh, Another two things to consider is, first of all, how does a dishwasher work? How does bleos, how, do, how does taste get into the, the racks or the dishes? And the second question is, how do I kosher it? If you're telling me I could kosher it, so how do I go about koshering? So there are, there's, there's a basic way how dishwashers work, and we'll go through, through this. If your dishwasher works differently, then I'm not talking about that. This is the way I understand it, but it could be... Uh, some dishwashers are different. So the classic dishwasher will have three rinses. The first rinse is a cold water or a room temperature rinse. That rinse is there to spritz to get rid of all the junk, all the gook from the plates and pots, whatever you put into your dishwasher, trying to get rid of as as much mamashos, as they say, as much the end as possible, trying to get rid of all that prior to sterilizing your dishes. So that first rinse is not a problem at all in halacha and halacha bleos do not travel from one kli to another kli unless the water is above 120 degrees which we call yatzelevis boy so that's not even a shiloh so that's the first rinse so if you would take a dish and put it into a tray dishwasher and remove it after the first rinse somehow you open it up while the water is still cold no, no problem just rinse it off you're good to go that's rinse number one the second rinse is when your the soap will pop out and you'll have hot water being added, coming into the dishwasher. So that hot water mixing with the soap, that's the sterilization part of the wash. And that's really where where uh, the actual dishwashing is taking place. So already we have soap there. There's a concept in halacha that soap is nice in time of gum. It gives, a, it gives a bad taste. And if you have one dish in the sink and you have another dish in the sink and, there, and there's water, but there's soap there, we see that the taste is not going to travel from one dish to the other dish. So the second rinse is actually pretty good. We're not worried about it because there's soap. Usually there's soap in the second rinse and there should not be any transferring of taste from dish A to dish B. Let's say someone left a, you know, a milchik fork in the fleshik dishwasher or something similar. At this point, if you would remove it after the second rinse, the second rinse is a soap rinse. There's always soap there. And we say the taste will not travel from dish A to dish B. However, what gets complicated is the third rinse. The third rinse is when there's no longer any soap there. The soap pops out once, and that's it. There's no, maybe it pops out twice if you have a, a different type of dishwasher, but it's over. There's a third rinse, which is just water, and that's how when you take out your dishes from the dishwasher, if you have a good dishwasher, you're not going to see any soap uh, left on the dishwa- on the dishes because a third rinse is just simply a hot water rinse, no soap at all. And now we start thinking, oh my gosh, now we have problems with halacha because let's say you had a trafe dishwasher or you had a flatier dishwasher, you put a milk dish in it, so now I'm cleaning, I'm, I'm using hot water without soap for different types of dishes. What's, going, what's, what's, the, what's the halacha in this case? So, excuse me. So the question is, halacha, how do we 
categorize or identify this third rinse. What do you mean how to identify it? Meaning, we mentioned a week and a half ago that depending on how the keli is used, that's how you're going to kasher it. So we got to figure out, how is this keli being used? Is it considered klirishon? Is it as if I have a pot on the fire? Is it just eroy? Is it, is, it, is it as if someone poured something onto my sink? Or is it even lower than that, a klisheni? We know from Hachashabbos. There are coolers involved in klisheni. The same thing applies to Yeridea. So how do I identify, how do I categorize this uh, this uh, third rinse? So just from the Metsiya standpoint, what happens is you have, you'll have a heating element in the bottom of the dishwasher, and the dishwasher will fill a couple inches, there's a reservoir there, with hot water. Then that hot water uh, will get heated a little more. So it's taking the hot water from your boiler, and it's heating it uh, a little more, and that will be that will spritz around the dishwasher spraying the dishes. So the question is, does that water have a din of a clearishine, or does the spritz have a din of a clichini? So there's a lot to discuss here. So first of all, I'm going to just bring down uh, a few reasons to be mako, and then we'll talk about halacha l'maisa. So a few things to consider. is First of all, when we say that the the minimum temperature for taste to travel, for blees to travel, is what is called in halacha yatzeledus, but it has to be hot enough uh, to be considered a minimum temperature. We'll get discuss this in Hacha Shabbos, what exactly is the definition of yatzeledus, but let's talk in degrees. The price can say it's somewhere between 110, 120 degrees, and up to 160. And we are machmir for both. So on Shabbos, you shouldn't cook something above 110 or 120. And if you need Yatzelet this by, for example, maybe pasteurization temperatures, we see it has to be above 160, that would be considered Yatzelet this by. So your typical dishwasher is somewhere between 140 and 170 degrees. So that already is a suffix if it ever became treif, if it ever became chametz in the first place. Who says it ever, be, it ever had an issue? Maybe it was always considered cold, pihalacha. That's number one. Number two, Second consideration is when we discuss klirisha and klisheni in halacha, so Taisvis and Shabbos says that what is considered a klisheni, when a klisheni is defanis mekara, is that you took challenge from uh, from your crackpot and you put it into your bowl. So your bowl is a cold bowl. So the bowl is defanis, the walls of the bowl is karais, it cools off the food, defanis mekara, and therefore it's a klisheni. The Achronim discuss... Do we need a proactive defanois mechairois, that the walls cool off the food? Or even as long as defanois, enam, mechairois, as long as the walls are not heating it up, there's no heating element in the walls itself, it has the status of a klisheni. This discussion was discussed a number of decades ago when the microwave first came out. Many of the can felt that a microwave should have a din of a klisheni because the walls are always cold. It only gets heated up by the um, by the steam, but the walls itself are not the founders mechamemais, they are not under the heating element and they should not be considered a klirishon, and many of the poiskim are mekel in different circumstances based on the concept of if the fanais ain't a memchalamais, if the walls are not heating it up, it has a din of a klisheni. So over here you have this in a few places. First of all, by dishwasher, the walls of the dishwasher are cold. You have a heating element in the water, but the walls are cold. Additionally, the dishes and the racks, they're definitely considered cold. It's being heated up by the water, but the actual wall is not the fanais mechalamais. They're not adding any heat. There's no heating element in the racks. So therefore, many of the can want to say that at most your dish your dishwasher racks and the walls would not be a din of a klirishon, maybe somewhere in between klirishon and klisheni, maybe not a klisheni totally, but not exactly a klirishon. That's another consideration.
Another consideration is that perhaps the water has a din of a, of a cleavation, but when it's spraying, that spray is only only has a din of eroy. Eroy is uh, is when you pour hot water over something that's eroy, so it doesn't have the level of a cleavation. That's a third consideration. The fourth consideration, very important, is there's a concept we mentioned briefly of noisin tam of gam, that if if uh, taste becomes foul, so then halachically we don't consider it. Uh, a good taste. It's not. It's not royal achila, and it doesn't transfer from plate A to plate B. So we said, if you have two pots, if two uh, two dishes, let's say you have two dishes in a in a sink, and the sink is full of water, and there's soap in between. So we're going to say that that the flavor from one fork to the other fork is not going to go. It's going to travel, but it's going to pick up some soap, and by the time it gets to the fork B. It doesn't have a good taste anymore. That everyone agrees to. The second step is like this. Let's say I have a fork and I take hot water and hot soap. Let's say it's 150 degree water with soap in it, and I put and I and I use that to clean the fork. Does that make the fork, the taste in the fork, called noisin tan lufgambe? The taste now has a pegam flavor based on the soap. So many of the price can say yes, especially if you're using it the same temperature it was used previously. So why not? There is a chumrah of the chazanish that we, we, we only consider pegima working at 212 degrees, nothing less. That's a chumrah. But me'ikara din, there are many achronim that say that just the soap itself being being a, a keli being washed with soap at 150 degrees, that would make the taste of the keli pugum. So, with these four considerations, let's go back to our dishwasher discussion. So, when when you're coming to kosher something, so typically if something needs to be koshered, you do hagala. How do you do hagala? 212 degrees. Well, you're not going to get 212 in your dishwasher. So. The second step would be, well, maybe I don't need 212. Maybe all I need is a concept of kibbola kachpolte, the same temperature that the blia went in. That's the temperature the blia is going to go out. Now, when it comes to Hagala and Eroy, me'ikaradin, that's the halacha. If the, if the trephus only took place, let's say a person is kashring, we'll give you an example. You're kashring from chal of Akam to chal of Yisrael, or maybe chal of Stam, whatever you want to call it. And we're kashring the, te- the pasteurizer. So let's say for, for dairy, all you need to do is cook up the milk up until 160 degrees. Once it's above 160, then according to the uh, USDA, FDA, it's considered pasteurized, no problem. So when I'm kashering the pasteurizer for my chal of Yisrael run, how high do I have to get the pasteurizer? Of course, we will try for 212. That's the minog. There's a minog to try to always get to 212. But let's say we can't. They tell us we cannot do that. So my ikra din halacha is, as long as I get it above the product temperature, the typical use, so then... That is called kashering based on the concept of kibboila kachpolte. So many of the Achorinim say that let's say you cannot kasher at 212, so kasher at the highest temperature it's used. Same thing over here. Even if I cannot get 212 on my dishwasher for the true Hagala, but I'll, I'll use it the same way it was always used, same temperatures, and we should say kibboiloi kach poltoi. So that's meikaradin. Now, although there's a minuk to always kasher at 212, first of all here you cannot, and second of all, I just mentioned there are four reasons to be makele. First of all, it's a suffix if it's even Yatsala this boy. Second of all, there's a concept of Defanois, uh, Eno Mechamois, that should not have a din of a Klerishan. So then it would only have a din of Eroy or the like. And by Eroy, you don't need a high level of temperatures. You need 160 to be able to kasher uh, Eroy, uh, something that came trafe through Eroy. And the fourth consideration is that the soap itself is considered a uh, a poi game. It's a... It, uh, 
it's a it's a caustic agent. It, it ruins the taste of the kalim itself. So you have these four considerations when it comes to kashering dishwashers. So therefore, this is what I tell people. I tell people if you want to kosher your dishwasher, so again, A, you're kashering plastic. B, make sure there's no cracks, grooves, crevices. And C is you would uh, have it down for 24 hours, make sure everything is clean. You remove the filter, clean the filter, and then you would kosher it. The way I would kosher it is I would, first of all, do a regular rinse with soap, hot water soap. And then what I would do is do a second rinse. This time I would try to get the water to be as highest as possible. So some of some of the dishwashers have a high temperature setting or you have to be careful, but you put the, uh, the, the, your, your uh, home water boiler on the highest level, or I would say at least on the highest level that you use it. Let's say during the summer months, you turn it down. So at least on the highest level that you use it and only do this for koshering. You have to be very careful, turn, turn, it, turn it down afterwards. And then do a rinse without soap. So you do a, a real costuring without soap, the highest temperature it goes. And you've got yourself a clean Kosher Le Pesach dishwasher.